Your neighbor Jim figured out that with MetroPCS, he gets unlimited data, talk, and text for $30, period. Babe, that color looks awesome. Just like he figured out that shopping with his wife will buy him a night with his buddies. That's Guy's Night Out figured out. You too figure it out. Switch to MetroPCS on the fast 4G LTE T-Mobile network for only $30, period. MetroPCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Plan includes first one gigabyte of data at up to 4G LTE speeds. See store or MetroPCS.com for details and terms and conditions and data management info. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining me again this morning on Next on the Tee. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and today I have two fantastic guests to share with you. First up is going to be Peter Hill. Peter is the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Billy Casper Golf. They have a great event coming up here in a few weeks called the World's Largest Golf Outing, which is going to take place all across the country. It's going to benefit the Wounded Warriors Project, so it's a wonderful thing that they've got going on. It's happened annually now for the last few years. Uh, We look forward to talking to Peter about that. We'll also talk a little bit about his relationship with Billy Casper and uh, uh, about being annually amongst the top ten most powerful people in golf. He's going to join me here in just a few moments. Later in the show, we'll get a return visit from Jason Finley, the Director of Marketing for Callaway Golf. Uh, Jason's over on the West Coast, so he's been very kind to get up very early on a Saturday to join me. Done it twice now. We look forward to talking to Jason. Great guy. A lot of fun. Callaway is coming out with a new wedge, so we're going to talk about that. Plus, uh, some great things you can find now on CallawayGolf.com. We'll talk a little bit about the Open Championship, uh, plus what's on the horizon for Callaway when he joins me about 20 minutes from now. But before we get started, we want to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women serving in our military and everyone listening in on the Armed Forces Radio Network. We thank you for your daily sacrifices and all you do for the rest of us that keeps us safe. We also want to thank those of you who serve or have served in every branch of the military and public service. We truly appreciate what you do to preserve our freedoms and our liberty. It's through your strength and efforts that our way of life is possible. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz, Stephen Lee, and all the folks at Armed Forces Radio. It's an honor for us to be a part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org, and you'll click on the sports link that you'll find in the bottom right-hand side of the page or in the radio link in the upper right-hand side. Also, be sure to give those guys a follow on Twitter. You can find them at the AFRN for the Armed Forces Radio Network. All right, now joining me is... Uh, Peter Hill. Peter is the co-founder, chairman, and CEO of Billy Casper Golf. He uh, He's also an adjunct professor of marketing, of sports marketing, at uh, Georgetown University, where he is an alum, having graduated uh, from there with his degree in finance and economics, went on to earn his master's degree from Columbia University. He's on the board of directors for the National Golf Foundation, which is the most trusted source of information and insights in the golf business. He does work for the PGA of America's Employment Group, the USGA's Women's Advisory Group. Like I said at the top, he's annually ranked in the top ten of the most powerful people in golf by Golf, Inc. magazine. And right now, he's not a big fan of American Express, but I'm honored to have him as part of, uh, as part of the show tonight. Good morning, or today. Good morning, Peter. Thanks for being next on the tee with me. 
Good morning, Chris. Appreciate your opportunity to be, to be with you. American Express, not a favorite vendor, I see, from uh, checking out your Twitter feed. <laughs> I had an issue with them traveling overseas, so um, I, uh, but yeah, everything's all taken care of. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter, let me start by saying I've had the wonderful privilege to have Billy Casper join me uh, the last couple of years during Masters Week to hear his stories, you know, not only about his victory back in 1970, but his experiences at Augusta National, also the relationships he's developed over the course of his career, some very moving stories he shared with us. Um, seems like a wonderful person. You know, I've had the honor of you know, sharing some time with him, but how did you first meet Billy? My partner, Bob Morris, was Billy's uh, sports agent uh, back in the 19, early 1980s, and I met Billy in the late 80s, and actually it was that meeting that was sort of the impetus for the idea to start the business. Uh, I was in the financial services business and uh, looked at the golf industry and said, geez, uh, who runs golf courses? And we uh, approached Billy. Uh, we said we uh, wanted to try to get into that business, and we approached Billy to allow, ask him to, for permission to use his name. He said... You may use it, uh, but it's very important that you would be a good caretaker of my name. And so he gave us it was a great responsibility and sort of burden that we had in order to uh, take uh, the life and name and persona of a champion and apply it to a new business. And then most recently, a couple of years ago, Billy came to me and said, Peter, thank you for care, the, the, care, the fine care and taking of my name here. You've done a marvelous job. You and the, the whole team, Billy Casper Golf, I'm proud of what you've done. So to receive that accolade from a champion, a guy who is just right. a, uh, a, a prince of a human being, was, uh, w was a very nice thing to hear. Yeah, no doubt. How, how involved is Billy, you know, you, uh, you allude to, you guys manage a lot of golf courses, you know, all over the country. What, what's Billy's involvement? How much, you know, does, you know, his advice, wisdom, and experience from, you know, obviously being the great player that he was, play into what you guys do? We run more than 150 golf courses in 28 states in the, United, in the continental United States. We don't do anything internationally. Um, Bill, we, our firm is basically founded on uh, sort of the uh, premise of Billy's values, uh, honesty, integrity, and to just do what you you're say you're going to do. And so uh, Billy, on an uh, annual basis, he's an ambassador for our business. He's not involved in the day-to-day -day operations, but he's, uh, he is a family individual, family-oriented, team-oriented, uh, team and frankly, just a great inspiration. So he attends our annual meetings. He does a lot of appearances at our golf courses. He does a lot of groundbreaking and uh, grand openings and so forth. And that's what he loves doing as an ambassador for our company, ambassador right. for golf, both domestically and internationally. He's just a great spokesperson and a fine human being. He's just a wonderful man I've had a privilege to get to know very, very well over the last 20 years. No doubt. What's your favorite Billy Casper story? When I was uh, one year into the business, Billy took me, uh, I was at Augusta, first visit to Augusta, and I was nervous, and Billy was still actually playing in the pro, uh, not the, he was playing in the, uh, still playing in the tournaments before they landed on the golf course, and so around the clubhouse one, uh, on, on a, a Tuesday afternoon, Billy uh, was at the members area, and he looked at me, and he noticed I was nervous, and I really didn't know him all that well, I probably hadn't met him three or four times before. And he came over the ropes from the members area, put his arm around me and said, how are you doing? Uh, and I said, I'm doing fine, Bill. And he could tell I was nervous. And he, said, he asked me, have you ever been in the clubhouse? And of course, I hadn't. And so he said, let's go take a look. So he put his arm around me, escorted wow. me past the Pinkerton guards into, into the clubhouse. We went upstairs and he said, let me show you the champion's locker room. 
So wow. there I was. I was. My head was spinning. I couldn't feel my feet. I walked into the champion's locker room, and he said, let me show you my locker. He opened it up, and he showed me the contents. But the most amazing thing was in that locker room, there are three, four top tables of white tablecloths. It's not a large room. And there were a couple guys having lunch in there. And so I looked over, and Billy said, oh, let me, <clears throat> let me introduce you to a couple of friends of mine. We walked over to Gary Player, Gene Saracen, and Byron Nelson, who were sitting and wow. having lunch. And Billy said, I'd like to introduce you to Mr. Hill. All three gentlemen stood up. At this point, I couldn't even hear my, I couldn't, I could hear my heart <laughs> in my throat. And uh, so that was an indication of sort of how gracious Billy was to take me under his wing as sort of a new executive uh, and, uh, and running a business that was really a nascent business at that point. And I said, I'll never forget it. It was just an extraordinary experience. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, that was burned in my memory, too. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, one of a kind. That's one no of my doubt. Stories. I bet. Peter, you've said about Billy Casper Golf that the goal is to provide outstanding golf con- conditions, delivering great customer experience, and, and valuing customers' time. What do your courses try to do differently than you know, perhaps you know, other management companies or other courses around the country and around the world? What do you do differently? We're in a service-based business, and frankly, and uh, we, we, we've mapped the, the golfer's journey from the time they decide to think about playing golf to the time they actually have been a complete, completed playing and leave, leave the golf course. So there's about 10 or 12 points in that journey. That's the decision to play. That's calling the golf course or it's going online. It's arriving at the golf course. It's being greeted by the, the bag drop. It's going in and, and uh, to the counter and having interaction with the staff. It's going to the starter. It's going to the driving range, hit balls beforehand. It's the interaction you receive with the cart attendant on the way around. It's what happens at the turn. It's what happens when you finish and you complete the round. Each one of those touch points is uh, an opportunity in order to, in order to deliver a, what we call a good customer experience. And so what we've done is we've actually created a culture in order to uh, coach all of, our, all of our team members on how, how you manage that interaction. So we, we do it the same at all golf courses throughout the country. So we've eliminated the question of like what the definition of good is it's from what the general manager in Falmouth, Massachusetts versus Sacramento, California thinks. And, we, and, and eventually now it's, it, it is a, it's a prescription and it's, a, um, it, it's very consistent. And what that's done, and golfers have noticed that. They've consistently in social media and in comments that we've received have said, geez, you guys get it. Uh, I had a great experience. Uh, and... The interaction with staff is in the top three most important things from the golfer's perspective. One's obviously course conditions. Two is value, and then three is their interaction with the staff. So we've uh, we've worked really hard to do that at scale, and I, we actually I think we're an industry leader in that respect. You you say at the end of that um, you value the customer's time. What does that mean? Well, people have a lot of choices today. So people are taking recreation in smaller segments. And golf, golf is, uh, as, it was, as it was sort of evolved in the, uh, or uh, expanded in the 1960s and 70s, I mean, that was a, it was a half-day affair, sometimes a full-day affair. And so people, when people make a decision to play golf, it's a two- to five-hour commitment, depending on whether they're going to go hit balls, play nine holes, or play 18 holes. They want to get off on time. They want to finish on time. They want it to be a more predictable uh, segment of their day. And that's really important uh, for, uh, for us to be able to deliver on that because, as we know, techno- proliferation of technology, a lot of people just are pressed for time and they're taking uh, uh, and they have a lot of alternative 
a lot of alternatives competing for their time. So we have to be very right. mindful that uh, that. Uh, that, that that we're respectful of that, and I think the golfer, uh, that's what the golfer now begins to uh, not only appreciate, but they actually uh, they demand it, and, I, and, and, and it's appropriate. So is that pace of play? Is that what that means? It's pace of play. It's getting it's getting people off the tee at the right times. It's it's managing it, it's managing expectations, uh, and if it's busy, letting the customer know, letting the golfer know that uh, you know we're we're on schedule, maybe a little behind, or so forth. And it's also service recovery. If there's issues which pop up, sort of say, look, we uh, and it, it's addressing in a in a in a in a in an upfront way um, the concerns and, the, and and the needs of the golfer. So um, mm-hmm. it's um, it's a, and frankly, we do it we uh, we do it very very well. And part of our culture is we actually the bonus compensation for many of our general managers is based upon some of those soft qualitative uh, factors. So all of our golf courses are mystery shops um, about a dozen times a year, and the mystery shops basically test how we're doing against each one of those touch points in our customer journey. Uh, nice. And and so and 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 um, if a mystery shop comes in and it's got a, um, and it's a high score uh, in some areas and a, and a score which needs improvement needs improvement in other areas. That becomes an opportunity to coach uh, the team and what happened and uh, what corrective action could we have taken and so forth. Because it's it's specific to the to the to the day of the week, the golf course, the time of day, and the person who was actually in front of the in front of the guest handling that. So it's right. a uh, doing this at scale with uh, more than 5,000 employees is not easy. But we've done a marvelous job, in my view, with our yeah, with our regional our regional and human resources team developing and executing on this. And it's all, we're trying to run a business from the perspective of the consumer and our guests, not the perspective of what management thinks is important. There you go. That's great stuff. Peter, uh, you tweeted out back in May that Brian gave the Wall Street Journal said that alternative golf ideas have merit, and he's right, and Billy Casper Golf is all over this. What are you all over? There's two kinds of golf at this point. There's the traditional golf that uh, many of us grew up with. That's the um, you know that's the uh, people who play with handicap, people playing competitions, people who just grew up playing golf between early you know uh, I'll, I'll call it we're introduced to golf prior to say 19, uh, 1990 or 2000. Traditional golf is there. It's dominant. That's the 25 million golfers we have today. It will never go away. It's a huge part of the game. It's a core part of the game. What's emerged is is that what I'll call sort of alternative golf forms. They include such things as foot golf, which is a sort of an emerging nascent uh, way in, uh, in order to go play uh, golf with a soccer ball in a prescribed fashion. Uh, using the golf course is actually the venue in order to do that. There's another. Um, there's there are other alternative concepts called speed golf, where actually basically it just ends up being a, it's, it's a it is a uh, it's a foot race. So you can complete nine holes most quickly. There's a thing called flame golf, which is emerging. There's frisbee golf. These are right. things which are actually using repurposing golf courses uh, in non-traditional ways in order to just bring a different demographic as well as uh, sort of new customers into the game and introduce people to, to the game. Another one is a we bought a business called Women on Course, which is a uh, uh, an organization which is uh, – uh, focused on trying to introduce women, which is a huge part of the latent demand for golf, to the game. It's not about playing the game. Yeah. It's about using golf as a vehicle for lifestyle, for for uh, networking, for social purposes, for fun, and for fashion. 
Golf just happens to be the vehicle and happens to be the location in which it occurs. And uh, it's an organization which has several thousand members, and it is, has a lot of traction. And so, it, so, so golf, uh, sort of the two parts. There's the traditional golf, and then there's the alternative golf. Uh, and all those, all those sort of alphabet soup of what I just described, those businesses I just described, women on course, foot golf, fling golf, speed right. golf, um, those are all things which have place which have a place in sort of how golf is going to emerge as a over the next 10, 20, or 30 years. They'll never overtake traditional golf, in my view, but they do have a place, and they can coexist yeah. quite nicely with traditional golf. Our job is to figure out how those intersect, how, the, how we actually uh, engage programming, which is non-traditional golf, with golf, without irritating the traditional golfers and accommodating, and accommodating both sets. So we're kind of on the mm-hmm. front end of uh, cutting edge of doing that. It's very exciting. It's a challenge, uh, but it, uh, no doubt. We, we like it. We like it. We think it's important. So you mentioned uh, women on course. You were down at Pinehurst last month as a part of the USGA's task force to help grow women's participation in the game. What came out of that? It was a very refreshing meeting, meeting and I applaud the USGA. Uh, let me step back for a second. For the last five or ten years, the Allied Golf Associations, the USGA, the PGA, the National Golf Course Owners, National Golf Foundation, Golf Course Superintendents, uh, LPGA, those organizations have sort of unified and, and come together in a very cooperative way to say it's important that we grow the game. And the USGA, the US, the USGA has uh, just recently, um, under the leadership of Tom O'Toole and Mike Davis, have said, we like to understand ways in which the USGA can play a bigger role in, 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 uh, in bringing more women into the game of golf. I think that's a first for them. I applaud them for doing that. Um, there's a task force of about a dozen of us from various walks uh, of life within, with, inside and outside the golf industry. And our job is to help the USGA kind of walk through some, help them develop a strategy for how to approach that. Uh, I think it makes lots of sense. Um, my role as a golf operator, you know, we'll play four and a half million rounds of golf at our golf courses. That's 1% of all golf that's played in America. So we're a really wow. good proxy for what's really happening. In the, we're at the front line, so to speak, to use the metaphor, of what's happening with respect to golf. And I think the, I applaud the USGA for, um, for their uh, open-mindedness and also, um, uh, and I think this is going to be an initiative which is going to have, um, which will have legs to it and have some consistency and some longevity. It's the early stages. It's a very positive thing. Golf has never been particularly women-friendly. It hasn't been beginner-friendly or women-friendly. It's getting better. It's improved a lot, but there's a long, long way to go. Mm-hmm. So, Peter, you've got a, a, a big annual event coming up on uh, Monday, August 11th that's you know near and dear to our hearts and uh, will be near and dear to the hearts of our listeners. Um, it's called the World's Largest Golf Outing, where you're going to raise money for the Wounded Warrior Project. You've been doing it for the last several years now, raised you know, $1.1 million for that, you know, for that cause. Talk about that and, uh, and how our listeners can get involved and find out more information. Listeners can get involved by going to our website, the website which is worldslargestgolfouting.com, and you, uh, there'll be a map of the United States. Pick a course, pick a course and a geography near you, uh, and then log on to that and create a team, which can be anywhere from one to four golfers, in order to sign up and go play. It's a simultaneous event where essentially last year we had more than 10,000 people play golf on the exact same day, different time zones, 
all for the same purpose of raising money for the wounded warriors. The impetus behind this is interesting. Uh, and so we encourage people to do that. Uh, we encourage people right. to... Uh, and and um, so the impetus is interesting. We sat around a few years ago and said, how can we use this sort of platform of lots of golf courses that we operate in order to benefit the community, the golf courses, and a charity? Uh, and so the world's largest golf outing was born. We gave it that name because it didn't require a whole lot of explanation. First year <laughs> we had uh, 40 golf courses. We had 2,000 people play, and we raised a little more than 40,000. And then second year we raised... Um, we had uh, 70 golf courses, had about 7,000 people play, and we raised 400,000. And the last year was the shocker. We went to 100 golf courses all within our portfolio, had more than 10,000 uh, individuals play, and raised uh, 735,000 for the Wounded Warriors. So this wow. year we've expanded it. We've actually asked a couple of people, a couple of uh, golf course operators that we know outside of our portfolio to ask whether they'd like to join us. We think we'll have 150 golf courses this year participating. Our goal is more than 10,000 golfers, and our goal is more than a, more than 750,000 raised. Um, mm-hmm. What we found something unusual, which happens in the event, is it, you know this sort of elicits the patriotism uh, that I think all Americans feel. We all owe a debt of gratitude to the brave men and women who have made the sacrifice on a day-to-day basis uh, in some, some, in, some in, a, in a very heroic way in order to preserve and protect our freedom. And so at the beginning of the event, when the Star Spangled Banners played or whether where a color guard may present or playing or standing or playing next to a warrior, uh, it's a very emotional thing. And, and Americans have been very right. generous in terms of supporting that. And it's, 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 uh, we're, we're, we're uh, unbelievably pleased to be part of that. Uh, Frankly, uh, Chris, our vision is to take this to 500 courses or 1,000 golf courses. And uh, we don't know if we're setting records or what we're doing, but we just think that that we have the opportunity at 1,000 golf courses to have 100,000 people play golf and raise $10 million in a day. I don't think that's far-fetched. It's it's aggressive, but, you know, we're in business. Um, As business people, we go, why not? You know, it makes lots of sense. And if we can help the Warriors do that, uh, I think it makes lots of sense. Yeah, no, it makes tons of sense. For for our listeners or people that, you know, that we reach, you know, via online or, you know, that listen in here on, on the Armed Forces Radio Network and we're streamed across radio stations all across the Internet, for people that don't have a course that, that may be in their area and but they still want to get involved and do something, what can they do to help? They can go online and they can, uh, they can, they can pick a team. There will be more than 2,000 teams of various parts throughout the country. Each team will have a name, they'll have a captain, if, you're, if there's a particular favorite geography you like, you could actually donate to any other person's team directly online, depending upon kind of how what strikes your fancy. Uh, you may also make a direct donation, um, and so and 100% of all the money which is donated, uh, you know, through that channel goes directly to the wounded warriors. So we enc- we encourage that. Uh, hopefully, we can expand our network of golf courses to be. Uh, bigger and larger, both domestically and at some point international, and just elicit more people uh, uh, the, uh, the ability to actually ac- access golf and go play. What's fascinating right. is we that more than 30% of the people who play in this event are women, which is kind of an inter- well, it's not an interesting thing. It's a great thing in order to sort of introduce and bring women into the game. It's not a scoring right. event. This isn't about winning anything. Uh, there's a prize for the team which raises the most money for the Wounded Warriors, uh, some of our partners, which include Nike, uh, Bridgestone, and uh, a 
couple of the uh, in, in the Toros of the world, these, these manufacturing firms, they've donated some very significant prizes. Some of which were given away based on the based on based upon the award of who raises the most. And there'll also be some blind grand, uh, grand prize drawings, which includes a trip to uh, Beaverton, Oregon, Oregon for four people to get fitted by Nike and totally outfitted for golf. Another one is a, a couple-day trip to Pinehurst, North Carolina, to go play Pinehurst too for a foursome, and, and the list goes on and on. So there's been um, it, there's some sort of interesting side benefits uh, which golfers are going to like, and uh, we're pleased to be able to offer those as well. That's fantastic. Great stuff. Again, you can find it online, worldslargestgolfouting.com. Peter, before right. we let you go, we've got our, our next guest, Jason Finley, hanging on the line. Going to get to Jason in just a moment. Um, two things. What's, uh, what's next for Billy Casper Golf and people that want to you know, follow you on social media or follow Billy Casper Golf, how can they do that? Billy Casper Golf has a couple of outlets. Our, our website is billycaspergolf.com. We also have another uh, sort of um, adjacent. Uh, uh, we're, we're developing our own digital network. It's called the Billy Casper Golf Digital Network. Our goal is to engage people more at the time that they're not on our golf courses as well as the time that they are. And we're doing that through our digital network in order to provide meaningful, fresh content which, which uh, hovers around golf. There may be some scoring items. There might be some feeds from some other, uh, other media outlets, as well as what's happening locally in the community, who made a hole-in-one, who did something extraordinary in the community, um, and, uh, and, and human interest stories. So... Uh, uh, we 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 value our, uh, our, our what we call our guests, our golfers who play our golf courses, the million and a half every year who come and play our golf courses, and we're looking in order to help develop a sort of a more of a community and engagement with them, not just while they're at our courses, but while they're but while they're uh, sitting in front of their com- uh, computer or uh, or on social networks with, with friends. So we're building that we're building that capability out, Chris, and we're very excited about that. Wow, that's fantastic. Peter, thank you so much uh, for being a part of the show this morning. One more before we let you go. Who do you like this weekend? Who, who, who emerges tomorrow as Open Champion? I'd like to see uh, either uh, Rory and um, Ricky Fowler in the last group or Rory and Sergio in the last group. I think that would be fascinating television and theater. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more with that. Peter, thanks for being here. It's, uh, it's been a privilege to have you as part of the show Thank today. You, I hope you'll come back and join us again sometime. We'd love to keep up with you and all the things that Billy Casper Golf are doing and then you know, hear how you know, everything turns out with the world's largest uh, golf outing because I'm sure that's going to be some great stuff. Love to hear what the, what the dollars raised for, as you know, here on the Armed Forces Radio Network, uh, you know, for our listeners in the military uh, here and around the world. That's going to be something very important to them. Chris, thank you for your support. We appreciate it, and um, uh, thank thank all the uh, uh, men and women in the armed services, and and thanks to all the all the warriors. And we're pleased to be involved. All right, thank you, Peter. All the best to you and your family. We look forward to catching up with you again real soon. Thank you. Bye bye. Good day. Great stuff from Peter Hill and uh, for uh, Billy Casper Golf. And like I say. Uh, please get involved any way you can to help support the world's largest golf outing. You can find it online, worldslargestgolfouting.com. It's going to be a wonderful event. Uh, Billy Casper, Peter Hill, everyone at uh, Billy Casper Golf that I have been uh, associated with are just outstanding people and individuals doing some great things for the game of golf. We're going to get to our next guest, uh, Jason Finley, right on the other side of uh, this station identification. 
This is Joe Longinusa from Thursday Night Tailgate, and you're listening to On the Tee with Chris Mascaro on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Now back with me is Callaway Golf Director of Marketing, Jason Finley. Jason has uh, been so wonderful of getting to, to get up early a second time with me this year. Wait, he's over on the West Coast. Uh, I'm sure the sun isn't even peeking out, but Jason has been wonderful about coming on the show and, uh, and, and uh, knocking the dew off the tee with me on Next on the Tee. Jason, thank you so much for being here again this morning. No problem. It's my pleasure, and this is better than the original time we talked about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, dark thirty is, is is tough for you, and uh, and you know you're you're an important guest to us, and and, and a one been a wonderful <laughs> part of the show. So we want to make sure we get you a, a few extra winks on your uh, on your Saturday morning. So no problem. Glad this is a great it. weekend. Actually, up early anyway, watching the golf. So it's uh, it's fine. Okay, thank you, <laughs> Jason. Um, let me start by saying, you know, following our last conversation, I went out and bought uh, a new. Callaway Mac Daddy 2 Sandwich. We talked about it uh, earlier this year. I bought mine with ni- uh, 14 degrees of bounce. My buddies will tell you, Jason, that I'm, I'm not a great sand player. Uh, but uh, I went out and bought it before our annual golf weekend that we get together every year. We go down to Florida, so you know there's a lot of sand down there. Um, <laughs> and uh, i got to tell you, it improved my game, so thank you for that. No problem. Uh, it's been a great product for us, and we actually just are building on the line with the the availability yesterday of the Mac Daddy 2 Tour Grind, which is a you know an addition to the Mac Daddy 2 line. Um, it's got a little different sole and uh, also, also some stamping and different paint um, that highlights it, so you can tell the difference at retail. But it's really a good product. We've had a lot of success with it. Phil's got one in the bag this week. Uh, I don't know if you saw the shot he hit um, off to the I think it was the right of one of the greens, so number four yesterday. Um, it would sit with this Mac Daddy 2 Tour grind. So he's uh, he's liking it, and uh, a lot of the guys on tour already put it in the bag, so it's been good. Yeah, no, it's I did see that shot, and it's and it's fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, so those sort of innovations, the new grinds, uh, you know, different groove, uh, you know, uh, indentions, that sort of thing. Talk about innovation, the things that you guys are looking at, and, you know, are you looking at doing more things? Are you coming out with, the, you know, more, you know, in that line for, but what can, uh, what can our listeners look forward to for the, the new innovations that Callaway Golf is coming out with? Yeah, you know, we're, we're constantly churning them, and we've got the, you know, biggest R&D department spend the most money, which doesn't necessarily mean you're going to come out with the most things, but um, right. it is, you know, great to have the team that we have, and you know, when you when you walk around there and you see where some of these people used to come from, whether it's aerospace or, you know, any of these other, you know, categories of things that they've worked on, it's it's amazing to see the talent that we have and the things they continue to do. So, you know, there you're gonna see more and more from us in that regard and, and whether it's in golf balls or wedges or drivers or irons and you know, we've got some, some really exciting stuff that as I'm, you know, kinda working on the plans for next year to some of the technologies we're going to have available for golfers. It's exciting to, to get started thinking about, and, you know, you want to talk about it as soon as you can. Now, you've also got a new utility iron, right, that's been introduced, I think it's this week. Is that is that correct? Uh, yeah, I don't know if introduce is the right word. Tease may be more like the right word. We, uh, <laughs> we, we took it to, to tour this week, actually, and, 
because of the success it's had and, and some of the media attention it was getting over there, we kind of had to, to say something at least and acknowledge it. Um, but it is a prototype utility iron that we are working on. And, uh, you know, we took it out this week and we had seven guys put it in play, uh, a couple of them with multiples of them. So um, it's been, uh, it's got off to a pretty good start and kind of caught us off guard a, just a little bit. But, um, you know, so we, we got a few pictures out there and, you know, kind of confirmed its, you know, availability to some media and things like that. But um, it's, been, uh, it's been a fun week so far with that one. And, you know, we're looking forward to, to bringing that out, um, you know, hopefully by the end of this year. It's, uh, it's always a little interesting how you, you go to tour and it could go really good really quickly or really bad, you know, fairly quickly. But this one went uh, really good really quickly. So now it's a hip react and how fast can we move, that kind of thing. Yeah, so tell our listeners, what is, what is the utility iron? So the utility iron really is, you know, it's it's for the person that wants, um, you know, a little more forgiveness in their long iron, doesn't necessarily like hitting a hybrid, likes hitting irons, but it's it's a more forgiving iron in general is the way, um, you know, that I like to best describe it. I, I was talking to our R&D guy about it the other day, and he, he really had an interesting analogy of, in this case, he was trying not to make a, more forgiving long iron, but how could you make an iron as forgiving as a hybrid was his goal with it. So um, kind of a different way to, to go about it. And, you know, you're going to see more of a flatter, more boring trajectory than you would with a hybrid. And that's why a lot of guys are using it this week is that it's a little right. easier to get up in the air than your typical long iron and a little more forgiving, obviously, but it's going to have that kind of flat penetrating trajectory that particularly on a golf course and in the conditions like this week that a lot of guys we're looking for right jason a, another callaway product that i tried and liked was your super soft golf ball which is a, a 38 <laughs> compression ball it, it, when, yeah. when i was down in florida playing it felt great off the driver very straight and and like the name says soft around the greens talk about that you know and who's you know who who's what kind of golfer is that geared towards well it's you know by design you know it's it's going to be a golf ball that is for, you know, the masses, certainly. Um, it's not a ball we'll, we'll see on tour. It is soft feeling, but it, it, won't, it won't spin as much as, um, you know, some of our tour balls, the Speed Regime 1, 2, and 3. But it's a golf ball that, for, you know, a very large piece of the golfing population, is going to be perfect because it's not going to spin off the tee, which means you're not going to have as much left and right, you know, slice and hook. Um, and then... You know, it's going to be, it's going to feel great. A lot of people equate that soft feel to the fact that it's spinning more too. Um, but it does have spin and control around the greens as well, just not to the tour level, you know, golf ball. But it's, uh, right. it's been a really big success for us this year, and, and frankly, one of the big surprises in our line. We've added a, a multi-color pack to the line already in this year, so you can get it with uh, four different colors. Uh, that that's already out there at retail as well, in addition to the white. So it's uh, it's been fun so far. It's been a really interesting product for us. Yeah, no, I'm I love the ball. I, I'm partial to the yellow. It uh, it helps me find the ball, see it a little bit better off the tee. <laughs> but it's it's a great ball. I really enjoyed it. I got to say that that uh, that's what I've got in my bag right now. Well, thank you. Jay- 
<laughs> Jason, Gary Player has, uh, has been on our show a couple of times, and uh, we love every opportunity. It's been such a privilege to get to talk with Mr. Player on a couple of different occasions. He's been with Callaway Golf for many years. This year marks the 40th anniversary of his third Open Championship back in 1974 at uh, Royal Lytham and St. Anne's. Talk about the, the relationship that uh, Callaway has made with uh, Mr. Player. Yeah, it's uh, you know it, he's a he's a great ambassador for you know not only Callaway but the game in general and and so many other things whether it's fitness and dieting and you know the way people should should eat and exercise. I mean, he's a physical specimen at his age. Indeed, and right? well, for anybody's age, frankly, but 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 specifically for his and. He's a he's a great ambassador for the great game, and certainly someone we're we're proud to have associated with our brand. But you know we've done a lot of things with him over the years. He's been you know great and gracious when he's been in the office with us, whether filming stuff with him or you know when he's even when he's testing out new products, he still provides great feedback to this day. So um, he's a he's a great individual, and, and you're right about his 40th anniversary. We just did a a contest on social media. Uh, yesterday for signed bags that our players are carrying with his signature on them. So um, wow. this week at the, yeah. at the at the open. So it's uh, he's a great ambassador, and you know he's always willing to do things like that uh, with this time, which is which is certainly good for us. Yeah, no doubt. So Jason, has this week been busier than normal for you guys? You know, you talk about that. You know, with Mr. Player, you know. Phil Mickelson being the defending you know, Open champion. Do you have more buzz going around and more ways of trying to take advantage, you know, of that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we definitely are. You know, things picked up around major weeks or major golf events, certainly, and, and as we run up to them. And then, you know, if you have a guy in the, in the middle of it, certainly you're a little more active, um, particularly yeah. from the social media perspective. And then, you know, if you're lucky enough to get a win, it, it all goes really crazy on Sundays. You know, the last couple of years when when Cali guys have won the Open Championship, you know, we've been in the office on Sunday afternoon kind of figuring out what we're going to do next to activate it and um, bring the win to life and, you know, certainly working on ads and, and all those kinds of things. So um, right. you, you kind of, you know, it's a it's a nice thing to get to, to have to be the only time you're happy to go into the office on a on a Sunday afternoon for sure. But <laughs> it is a little nicer on the Open Championship because it you know it it's over at eleven o'clock here, so um, it's nice to to be able to go in you know mid afternoon and and not in the, late in the night like it would be on a normal Sunday. So right. it's uh, it's fun. That's great. For for the listeners that weren't with us the last time you joined us, Jason, now, when when Phil Mickelson won last year, he, he kind of did a surprise show up, right, at the at the, at the Callaway mm-hmm. offices with the claret jug. Tell that story. Yeah. Yeah, so it uh it really started on Monday. We, you know, we reached out to his team and we were, you know, we've been obviously producing a lot of content all of which you can see on com, whether it's podcasts or any of that kind of stuff. So we, right. you know, we tried to see if we could get him in. And he was going to be going on his media tour for the couple days there doing all that. And then, uh, so we were lucky enough to have Bones come in actually Monday afternoon here in California. So they were, they were already back. Uh, Bones had walked or flown back with Phil. Um, you know, so he was in our office on Monday afternoon. So, you know, a little more than 24 hours after they had, won the British Open. He was he was in our office and 
so we did a, a lot of stuff with him, and, you know, we got to spend a couple hours with him just listening to the stories and talking about the product, and he kind of walked around and talked to everyone. So it was really exciting. And then uh, on Wednesday, uh, just, you know, by chance, our CEO, Chabrewer, was trading text with, with Phil, talking about, you know, congratulating him and, and all those kinds of things. And Phil said, hey, what, what would you think if I stopped by and brought the Claire Jug today? And uh, Chip, so Chip called us and said, hey, we got to get ready. What are we going to do? You know, kind of thing. So we actually had a, a customer in town that week, and we were able to, to bring him in with the Claire Jug um, with the, one of our biggest customers, and they were able to take pictures with it and, and all that. He walked around to the sales force. We gathered the whole company all together. So it was a lot of fun. And, you know, he had the R&D guys drinking champagne out of it, you know, thanking him for all the hard <laughs> wow. work they put into his um, clubs and, and everything. So it's uh, it was great, and you know, for a lot of us. And I still have a picture, you know, myself holding the Claire jug, and I think that'll probably be there the only time that ever happened. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and, and being able to see everybody have a chance to you know hold the Claire jug and, and be a part of that, and how gracious he is with his time, and you know, just willing to come in and celebrate with us. He was so happy about it, and he wanted to share it with all of us. So, um, you know, he's great about realizing, you know, right, particularly definitely. when he went over to R&D and, you know, guys that spend a lot of time creating products just for him, because obviously being left-handed, you know, we don't always make everything available left-handed, so the product's for him. Right. No, that's those. That's a wonderful story. <laughs> Colin Montgomery, who's another player in your stable, just won the U.S. Senior Open. How is is there anything going on with 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 Colin now? You got you know, with the, with the Open champion, and he's the you know the, the U.S. Senior Open champion being over there. Anything going on with uh, Colin Montgomery, particularly over uh, you know in uh, in England? Not nothing this week. We did uh, or uh, over there, but this week we did announce in celebration of Colin's win and just turning fifty. Right. Um, a promotion that's fifty dollars off the Big Bertha and Big Bertha Alpha celebrate that for uh it's a 10-day sale so you got to go out and act quick on it but um you know we've done this a couple times before when some of our guys have won key events or majors so uh it's been a lot of fun and it gets golfers a chance to kind of celebrate with us when when some of our guys win right that's great some yeah. some things, Jason, that our listeners may not know uh, that they can find on CallawayGolf.com is in your media section. You've got some podcasts. You've got instructional videos from people like Roger Cleveland and John Rollins on there. Talk about that. Yeah, it's it's definitely been an area that over the last you know eighteen months to two years we've we've worked really hard on to to increase our not only our capabilities of what we can produce for ourselves, but, you know, how we display it on the website, how we share it socially, all those things. So it's it's been a really, you know, good run for us. And, and you know, even when we have pros in, we had Pat Perez in for three days this week into our performance center really to, you know, work on his game and equipment and everything else. But we kind of ran him through the, the plethora of things that we can do, whether it's, you know, we did a Callaway Talks, you know, interview-style segment with him. We... We do Friday office tips, which are kind of tips on how to hit different shots in our office, and he's showing people how to hit, you know, a low, you know, iron shot underneath the ceiling in our office um, <laughs> with a, a, you know, a foam golf ball. So, I mean, it's, it's stuff that we have a lot of fun oh, doing. But at come the, on, take the risk. Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, we're, we're having a lot of fun with it, but certainly, you know, golfers have, have really enjoyed the content that we're creating and, 
you know, we've even done um, four or five live streamed shows um, where we've had our Kings of Distance events where we're live streaming them, you know, with with our pros and everything else, which is, it's obviously a risk to pull off and it's not easy, but, you know, the, to have the capability to do that now is, has been a lot of fun and, and golfers are loving it. And certainly through, if you follow along on social media, you know, Twitter, Facebook and, and Instagram, Power Golf, you'll get a, a ton of this content. We're sharing it all there along with that, CowboyGolf.com. That's great stuff. Jason, it's, it's <laughs> about time for me to get a new set of irons. When, when we amateurs go get fitted at our local retailer, what are some things that you know you think that we should be sure to take into consideration when we're deciding you know which set of irons is best suited for our game? Yeah, I think you know what, what I think this is a problem in in general with with fitting, but I think it, it's even highlighted even more in in the iron category is you know when you go in and you get fit and you're you're looking at you know a screen that can tell you how far you're hitting each shot people tend to default to the one that has the biggest number uh, attached to it on, on one given shot. And I think that, for me, the most important thing to look at is, is not only that, you know, which one do you hit farthest, but which one do you hit farthest the most consistently? Because, right. um, you know, it's it's great to hit that one iron shot that goes, you know, if it's a six iron and it goes 175 yards, let's say, that's great. But if you, you know, hit it, 162 yards every other time, then that's not so great. You know, whereas if you can get <laughs> right. an iron that maybe you hit 172 yards and hit it that more consistently, that's way better. So certainly, right. you know, we're designing our irons to go as far as they can, but we're we're putting a lot of effort into making them, you know, not only forgiving, but, you know, ball speed forgiveness and kind of directionally forgiveness, like forgiving, I guess, is the right way to say it. Yeah. So to that end, you know, you, all the manufacturers are out there pushing the, sort of the limits, you know, the USGA limits on everything, um, you know, from from ball speed to distance to size. You know, what what are some of the things um, that you know you, you guys? Is there anything left? I guess that's I guess that's the question. Is there anything? How far can you push it every year to come out with something new or different that uh, is going to stay within the USGA limits? Oh, there's there's room. You know, it's. There's, there's, certainly we wish we didn't have the boundaries that we have, but the, the, we got a lot of really smart guys working on ways to, you know, get around may not be the right term, and certainly USGA wouldn't like to hear me say that, but um, <laughs> to really yeah. make products better within the rules. So, um, you know, to your point, there is a rule on how far the ball goes off the center of the face of a driver. Okay, well, there's no rule to say that I can't have that whole face going the same leaving at the same speed. Well, that doesn't happen today. So that's that's the kind of stuff we're working on. There's no there's no telling that we can't have make a driver that is lighter or is more aerodynamic so that someone can swing it faster. There's no rule around being able to make an iron more forgiving. You know, there, so there there's a lot of there's a lot of ways still out there to do it that that are not easy to do, but certainly stuff right. that we're working on and, and what you'll see in future innovations from 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 uh, certainly us, but you know I'm sure others as well. Yeah. So Jason, just a couple more before uh, we let you either go back to sleep or enjoy the rest of the Open <laughs> Championship. Um, but I imagine you've had the opportunity to play some outstanding golf courses. Where are some of the you know favorite places that you've had the opportunity to play? Favorite golf courses for me. Um, I, I love um, Riviera. Um, 
you know, that's one that's kind of local here um, for us. Right. We've gotten to play a lot. Uh, I love Bandon. I was, I've been up there uh, recently. It's probably, you know, the whole experience there is probably my favorite. It's just, you know, it's built for groups of guys to go up and have a good time and play golf and four uh, really good golf courses there. Uh, so right. that's, that's high on my list. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the others that I like. You know, I, there's there's a ton here in uh, East Southern California, but as I've you know gotten to travel around the country, I've I've obviously been lucky enough to play a lot of really good golf courses. Um, but you know, if I if I had anywhere to go, it would probably be be Bandon. You know, Pinehurst I really enjoyed when I when I played there. I played it right mm-hmm. after they did the the redesign. I really enjoyed that one. Um, you know, some of the courses back east are phenomenal as well. So. Haven't gotten a chance to play uh, Augusta yet. Certainly, that would be on the the list. The yeah, list for sure. Um, but that was a, a a good favorite of mine, and um, you know, and obviously the courses in Pebble are fantastic, and you know, right. a lot of those places. So, I would say my the the place I would go if I had one place to go play golf for a weekend would probably be Bandit, though. Yeah, that's that's uh, definitely on you. Know, my buddies and I, when we talk about going to play someplace and what's on the bucket list, Bandon Dunes is at the high of that, you know, at the top of that list. Now, you know, if, as I say to everybody, Jason, you know, if, if if God came down and said, you know, I'll drop you any place on the planet to play around the golf, I, you know, or or any place just to be, it's Augusta National for me, a hundred percent of the time. You know, I've been yeah. out there to the practice rounds and you know yeah every one of us i think you know on the planet is looking at like you know that's if you could play around a golf any place i think that would be number one on most people's list yeah no it, it definitely would be up there and um i'm lucky enough i get to play uh oakmont uh next in a couple of days here so i'll be is back that right in, in Pittsburgh. yeah so i'm gonna get to play there so i'm looking forward to that one as well so um yeah. haven't haven't done it yet so but it'll be uh interesting and i got Got my grind mode uh, getting ready for that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope I, you know, I hope you'll come back and, and 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 tell me about that round. Now I'm from Pittsburgh and I've never had the opportunity to play Oakmont either, so I'd love to hear, you know, how that goes for you. Before before we let you go, Jason, uh, two things. One, uh, how can people follow you and you know and, and Callaway Golf? It should be very simple, but let's let's give everybody how they can follow you and how they can follow Callaway Golf on social media as well. Yeah, so uh, on from Callaway perspective, on on all the you know Instagram Callaway Golf, it's it's just you know Callaway Golf is who you need to follow. Uh, and for me personally, it's uh, you know I'm Jason Finley CG on on Twitter and. You know, I, I share a lot of the things that we're creating and have some funny banter with, you know, golfers all over the place um, and, you know, kind of try to keep keep ahead of that and stay interacted. And um, and then, you know, our whole team really from our marketing team is, it's, we call ourselves the Zoo Crew, is, is heavily involved as well on social media. So, you know, you can see all that and, and link to all of us on our website as well. So, you know, we have a lot of fun. We provide a lot of content for people and, you know, have a lot of, fun in general even you know talking about what's going on in, in our office and the things we're working on and you know very random conversations too but um Callaway golf is going to be the the main hub to to get all your information and then on callawaygolf.com certainly we have all of our media that we create there on the on the media section and, and the bigger things we do are on the home page right 
Well, Jason, thank you again for, for being a part of the show again, for getting up early, being a part of the show. You're always so fantastic to talk to. I hope you'll can continue to come back and share your stories and, and, and what's going on with Callaway Golf and being a part of the show because uh, I have such a great time every time you've been on the show. No problem. It's my pleasure, and I'd be happy to do it anytime. All right. Good luck at, uh, at Oakmont, and uh, I look forward to hopefully reading and hearing about how you play. And uh, in the meantime, all the best to you and the guys at Callaway Golf and to your family. Take care. Perfect. Thanks. All right. Take care, Jason. Thanks. Bye-bye. Great stuff from Jason Finley. What a great guy. Really enjoy talking to Jason and getting to know him and the things that, you know, that they're doing out at Callaway Golf. It's always fantastic. Follow him online, follow him on Twitter, and uh, and uh, we can't thank Jason enough for being a part of the show again today. Yeah, oh, dark 30 for Jason out there, but willing to get up. What a great guy. All right, everybody, it's uh, time to put a bow on this one. My sincere thanks to Jason and to Peter Hill for being such wonderful guests, and I thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you the very most. Please also check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me, my co-host Bob Lazari, and our announcer, Joe Lajanusa. You can hear us right here on Armed Forces Radio as well as Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and radio sites across the Internet. Just search for us, our site, ThursdayNightTailgate.com. We have... Five great guests every week on the show. We are official partners of the NFL Alumni Association, plus we're the official radio show of Mike Ditka's organization, the Gridiron Greats. So we have five current or former NFL players or CFL players on with us every single week, legends of the game going all the way back to the 60s. Uh, check us out online. We have every one of our shows you know, on ThursdayNightTailgate.com in our archive section. You can listen, stream, download, take us with you everywhere you go. Uh, it's uh, some wonderful conversations. We've been very privileged to have some very wonderful guests there, just like we have here. You can find all of our archived episodes of this show, Next on the T. Find us online, nextonthetea.com. Uh, you can hear us here every every Saturday starting at around 9 o'clock and uh, Thursday night tailgate from uh, every Thursday night from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern time as well. Please also check out our Facebook pages. Give us a like. That's important to us too. Interact with us. Let us know what you think of the show. Or as you can see, some of our future guests you know, online, uh, let us know if you have a question you want us to ask. We'll be glad to do it for you. Um, so thank you very much for making us a part of your Saturday morning. We really appreciate it. This is a love of uh, a labor of love every single Saturday morning and every single Thursday night. I really enjoy both shows. Thank you for hanging with us. Thank you for being a part of it. And until next week, hit them straight, my friends. at your friendly neighborhood Safeway. Stop by and see all the things that make a supermarket just better, like new low everyday prices on family favorites. Shop with your club card and pick up bananas for an incredible 48 cents a pound. And for an easy, delicious dinner, get whole roasted chicken for only $4.98. Bigger selections, friendlier smiles, lower prices. Safeway, it's just better. 
Adding the choice of a crispy chicken BLT to Wendy's 4 for 4 is the biggest thing since rappers trying to sing. I got me out and I sound like a robot. But do you like the sound of this? Wendy's 4 for 4 now comes with a choice of a junior bacon cheeseburger or a crispy chicken BLT. From Detroit to Macon, I keep the crisp like bacon. Both are topped with crispy applewood smoked bacon and come with four nuggets, fries, and a Coke for just four bucks. Oh, yeah. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, meal includes small fries and a drink. Not valid in Alaska and Hawaii. 